Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Do you know what most people do when they win at something? They put their hands in the air. Sometimes people go, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You can cry or you can do the very stereotypical, I'm going to Disneyland. Other theme parks are available. When it comes to the world of professional wrestling, though, doing any of those would be a little bit boring, especially because we're seeing people win matches all the time. So, hello, I am Simon from What Culture, and do I have a treat for you? Or the 10 most unique ways wrestlers celebrated wins. Hit the subscribe button. Let's go. Number 10, Rikishi and Two Cool's dance party. And never forget that back in the Attitude Era, Scotty Too Hearty, Grandmaster Sexay, and Rikishi became a trio and then decided, you know what we should do? When we are successful on an evening, we shall turn the lights down, we shall play some music, some of us wear a cap, and then we're just gonna start grooving. And if that sounds absolutely ludicrous, it's because it was. And sometimes the fans didn't even want to see them do the wrestling or cut a promo. They just wanted to watch them wiggle their tush. They'd also put sunglasses on, and let's not also forget that they had a 400-pound Samoan with them who was obsessed with his ass. And every now and then, we had a little bit of fun with this as well. Do you remember at the Royal Rumble when they were going to do their little shindig? And Rikishi grabbed his so-called friends and threw him over the top rope. We should have known. He probably did it for the rock. Number nine, Edge celebrates with sex. Now, yes, of course, this one didn't come directly after Edge had cashed in to become the WWF World Heavyweight Super Duper Champion. But back in 2006, the next night on Raw, the rated R superstar decided he would take his bolita, they would go to the ring, and they would just have sex. Now, obviously, you didn't see anything like that, but they did strip right down to their pantaloons, and there was a bed in the squared circle, and they got under the sheets. And at the time, I was a bit like, I don't know if I need that in my wrestling, and my word, when you read about the stories now, we should never have done it. The thing is, it did a rating. I mean, of course it did a rating. You were either a massive pervert and you wanted to watch this, or on the other side, I guess like me, you were just so intrigued, because you were like, what the hell? Is WWE doing now? 
I'm not gonna lie to you, I never, ever, ever want to talk about this again. Number eight, CM Punk leaves. Now we all remember this classic that went down at Money in the Bank 2011 between CM Punk and John Cena, with the story that if Punk did win the championship, he was just gonna flub off his WWE contract was expiring that day. And that's exactly what he did after he had pinned Mr. Cena for the 1-2-3 and looked at Vince McMahon like, <laughs> he got up onto Barry Barricade, he kissed towards the boss, and then he left through the fans, never to be seen again. I mean, that's how it should have gone down. We should have kept him off TV for about three months, but we didn't. It was literally a week and it was silly. Who else could have possibly gotten away with that? You get to the pinnacle of your career and the way you celebrate is doing it among the people that love you as they kind of shimmy you out of the arena. Can you believe this is over 10 years old too? Somebody dig my grave. Number seven, Yokozuna offers Hulk Hogan a title match. That's right, you can hear the disdain in my voice, but it still doesn't make any sense no matter how often we talk about it. But back at WrestleMania 9, Yokozuna defeated Bret Hart, which meant Yoko was now the WWF champion. When Hulk Hogan walked out, I was all like, hey, I think you should fight me. And Mr. Fuji and the Zoons were like, yeah, we don't see a problem with that. We've got nothing else to do. Get your ass in the ring. Now, this doesn't make any sense, especially because Hogan did get in there and he dropped the leg in around about 8.2 seconds. And now he was the WWF champion. As everyone looked on going like, wait a minute, what the fuck? How did we get here? Now, of course, people at the arena cheered because everybody likes to see a championship change, but it was dumb. This is massively confusing too, because it means that Yokozuna did celebrate by having a championship match and then Hulk Hogan celebrated by just like cupping his ear. Someone can ever tell me why we decided to do this. Just walk in and <laughs> I shall listen. I mean, I know why we did it. We did it because we must appease Hulk Hogan at every turn, but we shouldn't have done it. Number six, Degeneration X send their opponents back to developmental. On the November 27th, 2006 episode of Raw, Degeneration X, that being Triple H and Shawn Michaels, teamed up with Ric Flair to take on the Spirit Squad. Of course, the Legends won. This is WWE we're talking about. When they took their rivals, they quite literally put them in a box and on the address note they wrote, send back to OVW, which was WWE's developmental at the time. So there is so much to unpack here because one, these guys had just lost that already the fans were going, what a bunch of geeks. But then if you were an insider nerd like me, you were also being told they're so bad, we are sending them to be trained up again. So that's on us. We should never have called them up in the first place. Which actually isn't true because I like the Spirit Squad. They were annoying in the perfect way. And of course, Dolph Ziggler was plucked out of this and he went on to great things. But with a little bit more faith and a little bit more confidence, I actually think they could have made something of themselves. I wouldn't be stood here now in 2022 telling you about the time they were sent in the mail. I mean, what does that even mean? Number five, Butch runs Ryan. But this one still makes me laugh and I don't know why, but we all know that when Pete Dunne got to the main roster, he became Butch. And I tell you this, I've said it before, I'll say it again. At first I was like, well, that was a stupid thing to do, but now I quite like it. I think he plays the character very well. The main concern was that he just kept losing over and over again until he found himself in the ring on SmackDown with Kofi Kingston when Butch finally pinned him for the one, two, three. And he didn't put his arms in the air. He didn't go, whoa, whoa, like we've already talked about. He just got out of the ring and he legged it. This was like a puppy that had been let off the leash or I suppose Scrappy-Doo, but it was little moments like this that did endear the persona to me because I was like, that guy is a loon. No wonder Seamus wants him on his team. I mean, you wouldn't want to pass him in a dark alley. 
or a light alley. I mean, he could still beat you up. It's up to him. Number four, Ravishing Rick Rude gives one fan their own rude awakening. So Rick Rude just understood his gimmick through and through. I mean, sometimes he would come out with his opponent airbrushed onto his tights. And because he was basically a narcissist who was in love with himself, he assumed everybody else loved him too. So after he had defeated somebody on Wrestling Superstars or Wrestling Challenge back in the day, what him and manager Bobby the Brain Heenan would do is survey the crowd, find a lady... That looked like they may be interested and then she got in a ring and Rick Rude just kissed her for a long ass time. Now the thing is this actually worked because people would boo the crap out of it like oh man look at this guy who thinks he can come into our town and take our women and of course it was being done to tell a story because eventually Rick picked the wrong person it was Jake Roberts's wife and well you know the rest of it. So really this is probably something we could do again in 2022 just not the actual kissing bit Although I suppose if you find people that are cool with it, why not? Number three, Ted DiBiase forever flaunts his wealth. I mean, how many good memories do we have of this? Ted DiBiase would submit somebody to the million dollar dream and then said, hey, look, I've got loads of money. Who wants to degrade themselves in the ring? And then I'll give you some cash. One of the most famous of these two is when he offered $100 if anybody would come and kiss his feet. And somebody did do this, and the reason we always talk about this one is because that child was none other than Rob Van Dam. I mean, he wasn't RVD then. He didn't get in the ring and go, Rob Van Dam. But I guess he would use this as inspiration to become a professional wrestler of his own. Fair play to him. DBRC did absolutely loads of these too some of which were a little bit questionable when it came to taste, but my word, did it make him a good heel, and he just kept raising the bar over and over and over again. Number two, Brutus the Barber Beefcake does his job. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was meant to be a good guy. I suppose we like hairdressers. I mean, I don't particularly get on with them, but how on earth were we supposed to support him winning a match And then when the person was down on the floor, he'd be like, well, now I'm going to come accumulate you. I've got like gardening shears and I'm going to cut your hair. What's the benefit of this too? What did he he do with the hair? Was he just trying to like, I don't know, take the piss out of other individuals? If you did this in any other walk of life, you would be arrested. Like it's like a football game. You score the winning goal and then whoever does that gets out their scissors and just goes whop and cuts the goalkeeper's hair off. You're like, no, that is completely unsporting. You've got to get off the pitch. You're going to jail. Let's also not forget that this was one of around about 97 gimmicks that Brutus Beefcake had. And honestly, if you think this one was bad, you don't know the half of it. Number one, the boogeyman eats. Now, I suppose if this was a cake or some nachos or a protein shake, you could get it. But because the boogie woogie man was meant to be a terrifying person, he would beat someone from the one, two, three, and then he'd get a handful of worms and he'd eat them. I'm sorry, but that's really disgusting. It would get even worse too, because sometimes he would share this meal with people. I still remember where he spat all these worms out into the Miz's mouth. And I was like, what has happened to pro wrestling? Who starts training in sports entertainment and goes, man, one day I hope some kind of ant gets right into my throat. But seriously, that is why it's at number one. Try and come up with a more unique celebration than this. And I don't think you're going to be able to. Maybe we should go back to... uh, just easier all around. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.